Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast with me, Charlie Lambrix in Utah, and Steve McNamee in Ohio. How are we doing, Steve? We are cold, Charlie, and snowy. We have a we have record snowfall on the ground right now. So we are. What does uh, that mean? Record snowfall, record for the year, record ever. Uh, I believe ever recorded the snowpack. I think the previous record was set like in uh, 1978. Is that the the year of the the famous Midwest blizzard? And uh, we have matched that total on the ground now. So as you can imagine, um, footing is hard to find. How deep is it? Uh, 19 inches, I believe, standing on the ground right now, which is. I mean that's that's about up to my knee when you when you step off the trail. They've actually a lot of the trails have done a really good job, and and municipalities have done a really good job of getting things cleared off and salted. But we just have not been above freezing in for gosh, what's it's it's got to be going on three weeks that we have not seen um, thirty two degrees, and the snow is just not going anywhere. So it just keeps piling and piling and piling. Uh, but uh, other than that. I got 18 miles in today. Most of it was on uh, good, good tarmac. Uh, we had a couple of icy spots, but you know when you can when you can get that accomplished. And uh, next week temperatures are are on their way into the uh, high 30s and maybe even 40s. Uh, spirits are high, Charlie. Spirits are definitely very. Yeah, they high. sound high, higher than the temperature at least. We <laughs> talked about cold runs. They were not high this morning. When I woke up to do 18 miles, they were not high. But once that is out of the way, uh, it's it is a uh, it is a mood swing like none other. Oh yeah, when that when the temperatures finally get there and, and the sun comes out and you have a beautiful morning like we do here in Utah today, it it feels good. It it feels like uh, that's when spring is really sprung and you're ready to run fast. I yeah, think there is sure. some benefit. We talked about cold runs last time, so I don't want to delve into this too much. But I think there is some benefit to um, actually – I mean, it's never a benefit to slip and uh, break your neck. But um, to actually run on a little bit uh, slippery-like surfaces or not as solid, you really use a lot of those stabilizing muscles that you wouldn't use just on dry pavement. Uh, for I've sure. definitely felt like my groin is a little bit more sore running on in snowy conditions, just kind of constantly balancing myself. And uh, I can imagine that from like a cross training and stabilizing muscle uh, perspective that that actually is a benefit, but often doesn't feel like it's worth it, does it? <laughs> no, not, no, not in, in the moment. And yeah, it is funny you brought that up because we, I had to run in a snowstorm, a snowstorm, I'm calling it a snowstorm, but to me it was, it, it was one of those conditions where there's just enough snow on the ground that it, it just forms, um, you know, sl- a slippery surface as opposed to when you have, you know, snow pack that you can actually run on. But uh, it was it, I, exactly what you said. Uh, you know, you, you run differently, you get through it. And it's funny because you hit those spots where, you know, salt has been laid down and you just feel like you're just like a rocket ship <laughs> for like 10 steps. And then you like realize like that is how, what I'm supposed to feel like. And then you hit that that slippery part again and you're like, yep, right back to this. But that was for a workout trying to go fast. And 
that uh, I mean, it, it kind of messes with your head because you're not going fast. I was going slower than I hope to run the marathon in, but um, you know, it's it's effort, but it just seems like so much wasted effort. But you do know for sure it's it's going to be worth it in the long run. Those though, for dry, sure, what you said was spot on. Those dry salted spots. It's like those arcade um, racing games when you like throw a booster tunnel or you you get a star yeah. and it like launches you forward momentarily <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's exactly what it is it's 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 uh it's a feeling like uh yeah like suddenly you're just you're free to run you're free to free to be yourself and then it's like right back to like oh gosh and, you know just counting down the seconds before you're before you're done with the run we had a midweek but, um, blizzard here where um we got several inches like overnight and through the morning and uh I went to run on it and I ran later in the day and the sun had been out at that point and, and the streets at least looked cleared. I was like, do I just try and stay on those? But it's kind of hard to get mileage in my neighborhood, just staying on the streets themselves. But I live like half mile from a, uh, basically a bike path. And I thought maybe just, I'm just going to drive the half mile to the bike path, park there and then bring my spikes with me for the trail itself because uh, i know knew that that wouldn't be plowed and my plan worked perfectly the streets were pretty dry but then as soon as i got there so it would have been a pain to run in my spikes the half mile to get there but once i got on the the bike path there was a couple inches of snow and the spikes had enough to kind of grip onto so that was kind of nice, but but even with the spikes, I still had that kind of sore stabilizing muscle thing. And here in Utah, and you have spikes already, so all the snow is pretty much gone. <laughs> really, yeah. that's that is uh, that is great. Um, I'm I'm fascinated. You have spikes. What's are these old cross country spikes, or, oh, or what do you why do you have spikes? Um, I think they're called ice trekkers, which is my off-brand version of yak tracks. That's what I mean by spikes. Oh, okay. Spike, okay. springs, etc. I thought you were that into just having a variety of shoes that at some point you just slipped over to the running shop and picked up a pair of cross No, spikes. no, I don't have any. Who knows? Uh, yeah. No, I I'm not that in, intense. I just have the, I, I don't know why I call them spikes but we are uh, well all right so funny enough i mean we're we're tangenting already from what we we're gonna talk about real quick real quick years and years ago I don't, I don't even i don't know if i've told this story on the pod but i'm telling it again anyways but years and years ago i i signed up for a race at uh strangely enough at wildwood metro park which um it's it started in the charlie you would know in the back there's a school so it started at the school and it went into the park and uh, it was it was all on the trails, and it was the day before Thanksgiving. It was that weekend, but we had a freak snowstorm, so all the trails that were supposed to be the, this nice manicured, you know, single track trail that just really fast and easy to get around on, um, smooth, um, were snow covered by I, I'd say probably four inches of overnight snow, it, and um, very hard to get around on. So that morning, I'm trying to decide on shoes. And I think I literally brought four pairs of shoes because I did not know what to expect. And one of the pairs of shoes I brought were my son's, which happened to be my size, cross-country spikes. So 
those are what I settled on. I think I did a warm up in three of the different pairs of shoes and I settled on the spikes. But so as it turns out, as races normally go, the, the young people take off on you. And um, but I checked everybody's shoes and I was the only one in spikes. So all these these young kids that are fast and, and would beat me any day of the year, um, they pretty much ran themselves to death. It was only a 5K, but um, one by one, I picked them off as they were moonwalking over this this hard pack snow. It wasn't even really hard packed by then. It was still pretty fluffy snow. And those spikes just kept working and working. And I was probably running, I'm going to say probably eight minute miles just consistently. And these kids just wore themselves down. And I caught the last kid within sight of probably a hundred yards from the finish and uh, took the glory. Um, and uh, as I've said many times before, I, I felt no shame in passing a kid. Nor should uh, you. A veritable child. Nor should no. you. At that point, and uh, I, I didn't taunt him or anything. I, just, I, I, I normally, if it was a friend of mine, I would have uh, definitely looked back and pointed at him. But yeah, um, well, I let that moment go. You shouldn't but feel I, I bad. The glory because it's a high school kid. So I'm assuming when he saw you pass him, he was thinking, "I can't, I can't let this old ass man beat me." So no. And you but didn't unfortunately, he should be thinking, I, I picked the wrong shoe today. That's what he should have been thinking because um, my, those spikes were working. They, uh, they saved me. They won me a race. That's happened to I've me won in a race. I've five days in my life. But that's one of yeah, them. I, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It was, it was a foot gear victory for sure. Hey, a victory is a victory. So, I had one of those one time. I know I've talked about it on the podcast, so I won't speak too much. I wore trail shoes that had real like deep lugs in them and uh yeah i thought that would help me in several inches of snow that came overnight and they did that did give me an advantage over those that were just wearing regular running shoes but i was passed late in the race by somebody who went a step further and had the the yak tracks on um my trail <laughs> shoes were not enough for the yak track so footwear can make a big difference for sure, for sure. It is always nice when you you're, you can think your way into success, too, as opposed to, I mean, there's plenty of times I'm not fast enough and I'm not talented enough to, to beat um, person X head to head. But if I can make a decision that gives me any kind of an edge, then it's it's a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a small victory. Work smarter, not harder. Uh, speaking of exactly. victories, um there's a person that I follow on Strava that said something and uh, I dare call them a listener. I don't know where they count, but this person said on Strava, uh, they had a tremendous workout, I thought, and they put the details of their workout on Strava and they called it a victory on paper. And then they <laughs> disparaged uh, the workout thereafter. <laughs> and, uh, this poor son of a gun. I don't know why they were so hard on themselves, but I told them a victory on paper is a victory. And if the effort was even harder, that just shows you're improving from that workout. And yeah. it's a mental victory that you just had. So, um, uh, dear listeners, this individual is none other than Steve McNamee Dirt uh, yeah. on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I think what I meant... I, I, I like to be vague on Strava, but uh, I felt absolutely trashed at the end of that workout. And 
you know how just sometimes the effort you put in, it seems like it's way more effort than you think you're, and you the should output have. is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like that. I, I was warned ahead of time. The, the, the plan I'm following was written by a, um, a, a friend and um, a really good coach from around here. So I get a lot of like direct feedback of what things are going to be like. And, and he warned that this was going to be a very difficult workout. And uh, um, as it turned out at the end of that workout, I have this condition when I, when I know I'm in trouble, when I can hear myself inhale, it, I don't know if you have this or anyone else has this, but you know, when you breathe, it's, you know, and I'll, I'll make noise just, with, but it's that smooth and that, well, that was, that was like, you know, that's hard breathing, but I get to this point where it's, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And, uh, uh, if we were a better show, show if we were yeah. a better show we could isolate that audio and just <laughs> use it when i know i'm gambling with my uh with my reputation making this noise but uh when that happens involuntarily i am in trouble and I, I know it and uh that started happening with like 10 minutes to go in the workout and i uh and you still I, plowed through I, and hit your goal right uh i think yeah yeah i did and this workout was I this did. two by three or two by five k it was a two by five and that's a brutal workout oh my god those are hard yeah it it it, it it's it snuck up on you yeah for sure for sure so um it doesn't sound like much and i think that was my reference to on paper on paper it doesn't sound like much because i mean i can do a 5k no problem and and even the the target pace i was going for was was um pretty uh i mean it was fast but i but mild by you know by like a 5k standards but when you think about it in terms of a 10k with just a little bit of rust rest in between um you know you then you start it's uh (gasps) sure it was not uh, the the breathing (laughs) episode (laughs) it was uh put it mildly it was the son of a bitch um i it was, I, I hit my watch when I got done and I repeated the same word to myself at least eight times. Does it start with an and, F? Uh, I will not repeat the word. It starts with an F. <laughs> it was a capital. But it wasn't the, fudge. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just kept saying it over and over again. I was just in such agony. So, so I, I, my mind was in a bad place. So I, I think the best I could come up with in a positive spin, because I, I, I wrote that as soon as I finished and got into my van, but all right, it was a victory on paper. I hit my goals, but I just felt like crap. So dear listeners, always remember that there's, there's really no such thing as a bad workout if you complete the workout, but um, you, you're not always going to feel good about it. I feel like and that's, that's our advice for the day, right? Uh, sure. I feel like I've done that's a, probably more advice than the show usually gives. I feel like I've done a lot of different variations of a six mile workout, um, six by one, uh, three by two, and uh, like three, two, one, or one, two, three. But of all of them, I think the hardest is the three miles twice. That is just that's a brutal one. Brutal. So I think yeah, you were too cool. hard on yourself. I'm glad that you, uh, that Steve McNamee Dirt um, changed his tune and, and realizes that, you know, you did a good workout well, and well, you shouldn't be you. so hard on yourself. Right. 
Well, that that kind of uh, yeah, that's that's actually a good segue into one of the things I was I was going to bring up. Uh, um, you know, it, um, we've covered a lot of ground, Charlie, on, on this show. Um, I, I've made some pretty um, bold statements. Um, you know, I'm very much uh, anti anti treadmill. I shouldn't say it. it's not really that I'm anti, but I, you know this famously. I do not give kudos for treadmill runs. Um, and uh, I, Charlie, have have been spending time on a treadmill. I have to admit this on the podcast right now. Uh, good for you, Steve. It's growth. It's maturity. Really? It's uh, is it? Is it I don't know. letting go of I these. Think it's, it's maturity. You uh, you're, you're you're very magnanimous about this fact that I'm. Um, Admitting, I guess I'm admitting I'm wrong. I'm still not going to give kudos, and I wouldn't. I don't encourage anyone to give me kudos. What but, word was that? Uh, the other morning, magnanimous. Magnanimous. Mag- <laughs> I'm looking this up. Magnanimous, generous or forgiving, especially toward a rival or less powerful person. What the hell, dude? I'm definitely a less powerful person. That's no, no. You were doing. Oh, wait, wait. You were saying I was being that, so you would be the less power. Yeah. Okay, I agree with this now. Yeah, you were you were letting me off for admitting that I'm I'm spending time on the treadmill. Um, uh, quickly, the story is I was cleaning out my basement. We had a we have an old treadmill that that's just been sitting in the corner collecting dust. And I think at some point we've all believed that it just stopped working, that it, it was non-operational. So before I disassembled it to take it up the stairs, which is going to be an absolute nightmare, I said, "Well, why don't I just plug it into?" see if it actually works and i plugged it in and all the lights came on i was like well this son of a bitch works <laughs> so my my day switched pivoted from uh disassembling the thing to take it upstairs to um putting finding a spot for it uh hanging a, a tv on a wall and uh now i've got a little setup where i've got a treadmill and a tv right in my face and um it's it's not terrible but um, I did 12 miles the other day on a treadmill. Wow, I don't so, think I've ever gone that far yeah. on a treadmill. No, I, I haven't either. That was for sure a record. Um, that big, big assist. Uh, it, I did it in the morning, and HBO was showing, for some reason, HBO was showing um, Beavis and Butthead do America. And uh, that really got me through. Those those two guys pulled me through. Um, there's a scene where they're uh, getting an explanation of the petrified forest and all the hardwood. And uh, I, I laughed <laughs> so hard watching the stupid show while I was trying to run. Um, it, it made the miles go by. But uh, so, yeah, well, that's, here's uh, to you, that's, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Beavis and for pulling an otherwise terrible run. But it's funny um, how yeah. you hate a treadmill, but the mm-hmm. idea of manual labor of disassembling the treadmill and carrying it upstairs drove you to find another way and uh that led you to the treadmill and beavis and butthead (laughs) well cool uh i'm glad that you're uh you're growing and that you're getting past some of these strange running rules and maybe um maybe with due time you'll even give people kudos on strava for running on a treadmill Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I've been thinking. Well, what, what about you? Is, is there anything you've you've evolved on, Charlie, since we began this podcast? Ooh, Looking well, back. Well, Steve, this is a good good chance to acknowledge this is our fiftieth episode, five zero. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Last one was 49th. Wow. This one's 50th. Next one will be 51st. This is the way numbers work. Uh, but yeah, so over the what? Over a year and a half, we've been doing this 50 episodes. How have I matured? Hmm. I don't, I don't know that I have, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, uh, have you regressed in any way? I mean, have you gotten, uh, have you gone backwards? on anything no i guess one one thing that i've kind of gotten smarter on uh is just training for the race you have uh yeah making the one goal race and and doing your best to do that one well uh yeah when i was training for the dallas marathon i was doing a few thousand feet of elevation gain week in and week out for a flat race and when I got to that flat race, my legs were just beat up from climbing hills all the time that I wasn't able to do that flat race very well. In fact, I dropped from it. Um, so now I'm signed up for the Glass City Marathon in Toledo in two months. And uh, that's a flat race. And I'm avoiding hills and I'm doing a ton of mileage and I'm, I'm feeling good. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's that's one thing that I've, I've had to deal with. And maybe, maybe a younger me, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, the Hills would have just helped me made my legs stronger to race, but, um, I'm now well into my thirties and, uh, just doesn't work like that anymore. But that's got me thinking, you know, I'm about to turn 34 years old. I have one child and, um, my wife and I do planning on having at least another child sometime in the future. So my kind of window to run my best races, to do probably that PR that I'll never be able to catch again is really closing fast because one kid's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> two plus, um, I just don't picture myself being able to be a good father and a good runner simultaneously and the good father will, will win out in that competition. So I think I can still get the training in and be a good dad while, uh, while only having one, but I only got maybe a year or so that I can do that. And, and father time, you know, is still undefeated for everyone not named Tom Brady. Uh, so this is probably, probably, a closing window to really do my best racing. So that just had me sort of thinking, well, what happens after that? You know, the kids aren't yeah. going to be small forever. They'll eventually no. be in school or have their own schedule and I'll be able to train properly again in a couple of years, maybe more or something. But will I still be trying to PR at that point? Probably not what are my goals going to be? And then I just fell down this kind of existential uh, uh, rabbit hole in my own mind of, well, where am I going to be at five, 10, 15 years from now as a runner? Uh, and then that had me thinking, how does this all end? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, like there's very few, like best case scenario you're one of these hundred year old people running the hundred meter dash and that goes viral. And, uh, 
you're doing a hard power walk and everyone's cheering you as you run your 25 second 100 meter for a world record that's like best case yeah, scenario yeah. right but for yeah, most of for us sure. it's it's just a series of injuries or slowing down until finally we just can't do it anymore well, it, it, it is funny you say that because I, I know I know some that have that have either um, you know had to stop completely for whatever reason or just diminish um, go from a lot of miles to you know to fewer miles for whatever reason and you know I'd say mostly everybody I know has done pretty well on average I mean on the um, you know the I guess the average is the right word. Um, but uh, I'm convinced um, when I can't run anymore, I'm going to implode. I'm going I'm to um, I'm I'm just listen to Smith's albums 24-7 and uh, just sit in dark rooms. And uh, um, I don't know, I'm going to turn into uh, like Howard Hughes in his later years and uh, isolate myself and um, try to invent the perfect peanut butter sandwich. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's, but I hope I'm going to be okay. But right now, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds awful, Charlie. So what is the, the lyric? It's, it's better to burn out than to never die. The... Um, I, I got to hear the whole thing. I, I, I have to sing it to myself right now. But um... Okay, no. It's... The hey, hey, my, my, out of the blue, mm -hmm. Neil Young. It's better yes. to burn out than to fade away. That's it. There you go. There so you go. So you'd rather burn out in a bright ball of lightning than to just one day be like, man, I am just getting sick of this or it's getting harder and harder to do. Because it's still in my 20s when I was running, it was it was hard to get out of bed and, and get the run in. I can't imagine my 70s, 80s, you know, <laughs> that that's going to be... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we talk about pooping yourself. We talk about drinking. We talk about you know all sorts of different things, shoes. But why not uh, mortality? Isn't that the next <laughs> subject for the running buds to address? I yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but you're you're. I mean, you're 100 percent right. At, at some point, um, you know, we're just not gonna. Maybe it, maybe it will be. We don't want to just get up i don't know i mean what do you think charlie you think there's just gonna be day you you don't want to or i you can't i mean what, what's more likely how does it add that you with you not wanting to i or i don't can't? even know if this would be a good thing but but or a bad thing but i think eventually you got that one big injury that knocks you out for multiple <laughs> weeks or months and then you just never come back <laughs> right yeah, for sure. Um, you take up bridge yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, it's it's not a sport for that you can really keep doing. I mean, it's not golf. Like we've seen rather old and out of shape people playing golf well into their 80s. There's this place in Florida. I think it's called the Villages or something. It's just yeah, like it's the world's largest retirement community. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, just the big thing of it is like free golf on the dozens of golf courses in this little city. And that's very appealing to those. And yeah, I play golf barely, maybe a couple times a year. 
like corporate events like scrambles or something and I enjoy it or whatever but I just can't imagine it ever bringing me as much satisfaction or joy as running and racing has and I don't know no no I hope to be 80 years old at the villages and getting up at five in the morning to run the golf courses with with my cross-country spikes um wouldn't that be great at 12 minute pace that would be fantastic wouldn't it so where (laughs) I mean road racing especially I feel like people fade on um more than others i feel like i see a lot of people transition from and even young people get away from doing the standard 5ks and marathons on the road to um to doing more trail stuff switching to ultras i feel like a lot of people uh, take up triathlons and and get away from just road racing i don't know neither of those really appeal that much to me maybe ultras and trail racing more than triathlons just because i want to swim <laughs> or spend all yeah. the money on a bike but um i don't know it's just maybe it'll grab me one day but but not yet and especially living in utah where there's probably more trail runners than road runners and uh it still just does not have the same appeal to me do you think that could be your future you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm even going to kind of go back to to my my thoughts on the treadmill. You know, I mean, I evolved on the treadmill, which I, I realize is, that is a tiny little thing because it was just sort of a circumstance. But everything's a circumstance when it comes down to it. And, you know, your evolution, your, your own questioning yourself, um, you know, changing is... Um, you know, it, it comes about generally because of some kind of circumstance. It's hard to say where where you're going to end up or what the, what's going to be the circumstance. You know, like you say, if, is it injury? If it's injury, then, you know, you you either have to either slow down running, run less or, you know, stop completely. And I mean, I think as runners, what draws us is sort of that that addiction you get to to the runner's high, which which the high itself fades. But. Um, you know, there's plenty of competition that replaces it. There's plenty of things that replace the runner's high. All um, right. I think, uh, I think I've laid out the ideal scenario for me. You, you said, how, how do I want it to end? Okay. 34, <laughs> right. Um, but I, we'll call my, me 34. I turned 34 in a couple of months, 34. Now yeah. I run some awesome PRs at PR at glass city marathon. I PR again in Boston this October and uh, I think that I, I would be kind of okay with that being the PR I never touch again. Have a kid or two more, do the whole raising the family responsibly for several years. 40 comes around. Time to start working on some master's Master. competition. Absolutely. Yeah, that's when I get back yeah. at it. I might not get any PRs, but... I got that competition going for me and I do that for about 10 years. Then what do we got? Grandmasters kick it up another notch to be, be competitive there. Uh, Do that for a while. And uh, things start to slow down. You're always competing in age division, but um, I think what my main focus is going to be then after, after grandmasters is, just focus on pacing more 
I don't think I'm ever going to get into the ultras or the triathlons, but I think I could pace for a long time. I don't care if I'm the five and a half hour pacer, but I think that could keep me very um, involved in the running community and give me real purpose to the training. So I do that until that marathon comes that I'm the slowest pace group. I am the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the sweeper. And yeah, it takes everything. It takes everything out of me just to keep that sweeper pace. And that's when I say, I love you running, but I give it the blow it a kiss and say, I am now a walker. I get up in the mornings. (laughs) I walk the neighborhood with my coffee. Maybe I get a small dog at that point. And that's how I I fade into the sunset. So I'm going to disagree with Neil Young. Uh, I'd rather uh, fade away. Fade away. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let me burn out. I don't want to have the gruesome injury that takes me out for good. I just want to fade into the walking. Legendary status that you would get that way, Charlie, that, you know, you, your PRs kind of follow you around when, when you're that guy. I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of of guys even around here that have just been running years and years and years and and you know their PRs from back in the day and and maybe they're not as fast as they used to be but damn it you know you you know such and such as PR and you, you probably named the race in the year and um and they're still around doing it and there is a certain appeal to to being that guy that um I'm kind of with you there I you know, running doesn't seem like the sport, the type of sport. Like I said, there's, there is an addictive quality to running that you can't just, I would love, I mean, nothing more than to have like the perfect race, like say doing like, I mean, if I could construct it, I do Boston, have the perfect race, have the fastest I've ever run, the best I've ever felt. As soon as I cross the line on Boylston, just take off my shoes, throw them up the air and say, I'm done. That's it. You know, you can't do that. I would love to do that in theory. Like, I just went out on a high, you know, like, uh, like Costanza, George Costanza, when he realized that, you know, he'd, he'd stay too long. So he, he was, he'd leave the room when he made the perfect joke. Same thing. You can, uh, yeah. it'd be wonderful to do, but that would be cool. I, so you would throw the shoes in the air. I think it'd be yeah. call, cooler. You cross the I finish so. line. You casually um, walk for about three steps, stop, untie the yep. shoes and just step right out of them and keep walking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> for sure. I just whip them straight up into the air. I didn't even care where they land. And I wouldn't look back. And I'm sure somebody, some do-gooder would try to give me my shoe and hand it back to me. And I wouldn't even acknowledge their existence. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about that anymore. I'm done running. But <laughs> I, that's, that's a yeah, fantasy. Either way, I know you that do guy. have a flair for the dramatic with the yeah, throwing of them. Exactly. I think, <laughs> I think flair. the subtlety of you see right where my last steps were mm-hmm. with, with those empty shoes just sitting on the concrete. Yeah. Just be like, man, he's just done. He's just done. He ran his PR and he's just, it's over. Yeah. What sure. would you do to fill your time though? If you weren't That's running, what would you do? What, uh, what indeed? And I don't know. And there's nothing else that it, like, appeals to me maybe i don't know maybe make it really good at darts or or bowling or (laughs) definitely not golf i can't stay in golf but um i don't know i hear i hear drugs are a lot of fun and can take up a lot of your time for sure (laughs) (laughs) also hard to quit so yeah or maybe just 
maybe just grow a nice big pot belly. Mm. That could be a little pastime. You know, I'm not against it. I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of thinking the other day how skinny runners are, and I think every runner I run with a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're just at all body conscious, like in terms of, you know, we're we're really trying to to if we're trying to stay thin at all or anything like that. It's just circumstance to make us a little faster, save a few seconds per mile. But if, if running did not have that side effect of, you know, keeping you, you know, thinned out, then, oh, well, like, I, I'm, I'm sure that's, uh, I for sure did not, we, we've talked about this, but I'm sure I did not start running to, to lose weight or to, to thin out. That's, that's a side effect. I just, I just want the, I just want good mile splits. Yeah. Yeah, to go back a little bit, you know how you're talking about uh, some people you just still know they're they're kind of like legends, local legends or more, and you know what they've been able to do in their past, and mm-hmm. that's never kind of let go. That same song, I got the lyrics in front of me, that Neil Young, my, my, hey, hey, out of the blue, yeah. the same one that says it's better to burn out than fade away later, it says the king is gone, but he's not forgotten. Johnny Rotten, Johnny Rotten. Yeah, it's a story of Johnny Rotten. Yep. Well, that part doesn't really apply, but I thought the king that's gone is not forgotten kind of applies to, uh, you know, that whole, no, for- uh, oh, there's, what's his name? He did this back in the day. <laughs> or like, um, even if it's not Fast Times or PRs, uh, Sai Ma in Toledo is still yeah a legend for what he, what he accomplished. Yeah. I mean, there's a trophy of him. A trophy, a statue of him for crying out loud. Oh, we got to tell the Sai Ma statue story at least then. <laughs> the story of Sai Ma. Uh, well, I, I highly encourage everyone to just Google S-Y space M-A-H. I think yep. that's it. To read his background and stuff. But he's a, a running legend that is that is from Toledo. And some of our friends actually ran with the guy and he actually has a statue up in one of the local parks in Toledo, um, Olander park home of the 24 hour race. Yeah. Which uh, something though, how many statues are there of runners that because of running? I mean, it's gotta be, it's, it's maybe a dozen. (laughs) Gotta be alone. (laughs) So So, uh, we, uh, this was part of, uh, the longer route we would sometimes do the little running group that Steve and I uh, are part of. And uh, whenever we would run by the statue, I felt like it was just the three of us, myself, uh, our friend, Mark Lohman, who actually ran with Simon has a tremendous amount of respect for him. And uh, this girl that would run with us at the time, um, I'll leave her name out of it. And, uh, but we would always run by and we would go by the statue and Mark would always, uh, give a fist bump to sigh statue. And I would follow suit and the girl did as well. Well, we would do this every time and we did it several weeks in a row. And another time, uh, we were running and Mark wasn't there, but our friend Steve was, I'm sorry, not Steve, you're Steve. <laughs> Todd. Todd G was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Todd, he doesn't respect anything. Any kind no, of, uh, 
petition or whatever. So we just go uh, straight by uh, the statue and uh, the girl that was running with us, she has a little bit of a European accent and she goes, are we not going to touch the man? (laughs) And Todd says, no, that's kind of one of the rules. Don't touch the man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. So now every time I see Saima or think of Saima, uh, I think of a the phrase that he wore on the back of the hundreds of marathons he wore. It's "Hi, I'm Sai. Don't die as you pass me by." <laughs> Something like that. But um, and also, are we not going to touch the man? <laughs> <laughs> and and the background on Sai is that he was running just tons of marathons, like Charlie said. How do you have a number, Charlie? Do you remember approximately even? I want to say it's like 300 some. Yeah, hundreds. And this is at a time when, you know, marathon running was still very much a niche kind of activity. You know, I mean, running. 24. Sorry to interrupt you. 124. Um, So running was, I mean, running was a thing, but, you know, even marathon running at, at that point was still, it was, I mean, marathons now that have, tens of thousands of runners were, you know, getting hundreds at, at best at that time. So it, it, it had not exploded into the, the lifestyle that it's become. So Sai Ma was way ahead of his time in, in running monster mega miles. And uh, um, there's, there's even, I mean, to this day, there's, there's few like him. And also he ran 524 legitimate marathons. Uh, there's people that have supposedly doubled his number that have even been published in ESPN. I don't even want to say their names, give them credit, but they've been caught cheating uh, Uh and running shorter and having some pretty dubious uh, marathons that they put on that they supposedly finish. Uh, So I think that a lot of the top of that record in most marathons is suspect to say the least. So 524 marathons. um, If you look at, those ahead of him there's maybe even a few or several or may, way way more but uh his was legitimate which i think is worth pointing out rare air for sure for sure definitely definitely a man worthy of touching <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh god <laughs> by the way we a uh, fist bump okay All right. fist we, didn't, bump. we didn't go case- fondle the statue or anything <laughs> Why did I use the word fondle? It was implied. It didn't have to fit. No, you did not have to. I, I wasn't thinking that when I said that. Till you brought it up. <laughs> wow, dude, he's got a full Wikipedia page. It's really cool. Yeah, so, does he? I always oh, yeah. thought that uh, Glass City Marathon or Toledo Roadrunners should make his shirt something that says because he said something on the back see if i can find it here in the wikipedia page something about not dying i don't know he had a funny sense of humor he literally said something about say hi as you pass me by and don't die (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is funny (sighs) well steve i think um I think this kind of wraps up our, our talk on mortality. It wasn't as, as dark as I thought it might get, um, you know. No. Talk no, about I mean, subject. It's, uh, Charlie, it's part of the process of, of life. And uh, part of the process is that someday 
um, we're just not going to be putting on shoes and, and running anymore. And I guess it's, it's worth considering. I was thinking uh, the other option is, you know, a geo Metro blows a red light and uh, we're taken out real early while on a run. And there's like a Memorial 5k or something in our honor. That's another way this could all go down, but which would be um, mostly bitter, but have a sweetness to it. For sure. For sure. I don't, I, I hope it's better than a geo Metro. That sounds geo Metro at most sounds like it'd injure you and you'd linger for weeks before you die. But I'd, re- I'd oh, rather yeah. have a semi truck or a, a speeding uh, a speeding cop car. That would that sounds pretty I've good. I've thought this too. One time I was doing a twenty mile run and like mile nineteen, like there was one of those. I don't remember how close of a call, but there was a situation with an automobile, and I was thinking, damn, couldn't you do this at like mile two <laughs> instead of nineteen? <laughs> oh, you might you might just welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> there are times and, and even i'll 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 throw in my own you know you did ask the, the question when do you quit running i i think i've i've retired from running on more than half the marathons i've started usually after mile 20 at some point i was like this is it this is never it. again i qu- i don't know why i do this this is a bunch of crap and uh yeah i do i plan a garage sale every marathon how all my shoes are going up on for sale everything everything must go in a couple days. I definitely around mile 22 thought, are you having fun? And what what is enjoyable about this? Is this really it? Huh? This is what you keep doing. Yeah. This is your thing, huh? Every cell in your body hurts right now. <laughs> and you chose it. This is a choice you made. Yeah, that was like 10 marathons ago. So <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep. Like I said, quitting is going to be hard. If, the, if that's not enough to make you give it up, quitting is not going to be easy, Charlie. Yeah. Steve, I think the song of the I week the has been chosen yeah. for us. For sure. Neil Young, out of the blue. You Neil Young fan? I am, for sure. I like, yeah. I like Canadian rock. Yeah. He's awesome. I, I like him a lot. I've, I know some people that kind of talk bad about neil but i don't i think that's like a barometer you can't be cool if you don't like neil young well right? and, uh, and a runner is discussed on this podcast that's right yeah that's right oh we should have played something by him sooner for sure yeah as i recall neil, Ho- yeah. neil young wears hokas as i recall <laughs> that's right better late than ever uh i've got a little laissez-faire on adding the songs to the playlist but we are up to date and you know what i'm gonna put out of the blue on the playlist before this even comes out so nobody has to wait for it uh that playlist of course is on spotify if you just go on spotify and look up running buds episode music you can find us there uh we also have some social media Uh, we are on strava just look yeah. for the running group, running buds, uh, running buds podcast, I think is the at handle or whatever. Uh, we're also on Facebook running buds podcast, and you can also email us buds running at gmail.com. We love correspondence. So please, please, please send us an email or reach out on Facebook or even post something on our uh, Strava 
uh, group, which is almost 160 runners strong. Did you see that, Steve? I did. I did. I've been checking That's... that. I've been trying to. I've been trying in vain to crack the top ten, but. My gosh, you people run a lot of miles. This is unbelievable. It's competitive, right? Oh, holy cow! It is amazing. But yeah. Oh well, I'm 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 going to aspire one day to crack the top ten. Just just once, I want to crack the top ten. It's my goal. Yeah. While we're talking about the Strava group, real quick, I wanted to say, um, I I don't do New Year's resolutions. I usually think of them much later, and I thought of one in February. And you know how Strava tells you at the end of the year how many kudos you've given and how many kudos you've received. Yeah. I've always been like three to one. I get more than I've given. (laughs) I'm trying to change that this year. And I'm just going on our, uh, on our page or our club and trying to give kudos to all of the people in our club. I possibly can. What a good guy. And that's the goal. I'm going to give more kudos than I received this year. Excellent. Yeah. Pay it for All right. Let's All right. let's flip this over to Neil Young. I will talk to you guys later. I will talk to you later, Steve. We yeah. are the running buds. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Running buds. <laughs>